0: Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching by our discipleship pastor, Adam Scott. Did you hear that? Science is proven. I'm just going to tell you, science is a little bit behind the times. Now, I want you to understand that Proverbs 17 and 22, this says a cheerful heart or a thankful heart is good medicine. And, and then in, in Romans 121, it, it tells us about the thankful heart and, and, and an unthankful heart and what happens. I'm going to show you two things today that I think are going to absolutely knock your socks off, and it will if you do it, okay? The first one is I'm going to show you how to get rid of your darkened thinking, how, how, to, how to get your mind back and get your heart right. And, and the second thing that I'm going to show you today is how to enter God's presence, and so as we look at this today, you're going to see some things that I believe will help change your life. And so as we started out, it says you can have a joyful attitude. And if you have that joyful attitude and you have gratitude in your life, that it makes you a better person to be around. And in fact, it changes your blood pressure and will take care of many of the problems that we have. But they said science proved that. And I want to show you Romans 121. And it's a very interesting verse. It's Paul that is writing it. And this is what it says in Romans 121. For although they knew God, how many of you in here would say that you, you know God? Okay, that's why I figure you're here today. So this could be us, okay? It could be us. Although they knew God, okay? It, it says that they neither gave, they neither glorified Him as God nor gave thanks to Him, but their thinking became futile and their foolish hearts were darkened. Can I tell you what that reminds me of today? What we're seeing in our world right now is depression like you would not believe. And, and suicide is at an all-time high. And When I read this and when I understand what it says here, it would tell me that if I were to begin to be thankful and praise God, it could change my thinking, it could change my heart. And so that's what we want to do today. We want to jump in to one, one, one psalm, just five verses, and let it do some work on us. And, and let it change our thinking and our hearts and actually take us right into the presence of God. And so that, that's the, the Sermon of the Sentence today is, gratitude changes our lives. Gratitude changes our lives. And and it is so clear from God's Word. It's not science that has proven that. It's God's Word that proves that. So if you would, stand out of respect for God's Word. We're going to go back to Psalm 100. This is what it says in Psalm 100. Shout for joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. There are some things it tells us to do there. Shout and come before the Lord with joyful songs and worship. And then it says, know. What are we to know? Know that the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Go ahead and sit down. I tell you what, if you're not a little bit wound up today, I hope you will by the time we leave this place. But because as we started, that song, boy, the worship team did an incredible job. But it's all about this psalm. Do you realize what it said there? It said shout. It said to sing. It it, it said to worship. It said to praise and give thanksgiving. Okay? And and that means that we are to be vocal. And I would say it this way. is We need to say so. Where do I get say so from? That's the first point. It comes from Psalm 107 and verse 2. And what it says here, in the, in the old King James Version, it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. That means we speak up. We, we tell people that we are redeemed. I am, one of his, I am one of his children. I am one of the people that have come to know him, and I'm going to say so. The New International says this way. Let the redeemed of the Lord tell their story. Okay? Each one of us in this room has a story of how we came to Jesus Christ. And you know what, when we share that with somebody, we don't have to have all the theology or anything, right? We just need to tell them, this is what Jesus did for more. This is what Jesus did for me, and this is what has changed me. And as you tell that story, that's the redeemed saying so. And the next one says, if you have been redeemed, and this is from the New Living Translation, then speak up. If you've been redeemed, then speak out let let people know. So that's the very first thing I would tell you is to say so. You know this, I don't have to tell you this. The best way to advertise is what we would simply call the word of mouth advertising, okay? Kathy and I do that for our favorite restaurant in St. Augustine, Florida. It's called Osteen's Incredible Shrimp. And we've told people about that. And many of you all have ended up down there and said, you know, Mike, you were exactly right. It was incredible and, and, and it was great. That's all we're asking people to do is to speak up about their God and their relationship to say so. And what happens when we do that? We change. We change, and people around us change. Now, you all, you all probably don't know this, but did you know sometimes in the church we have complainers? I'm coming down now because I'm going to lay hands on some of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you, you get the picture. Now, now, th- this, is what I, this, is, this is my theory. is if we could rid the church of complainers that, and begin to just say so, that it would absolutely change everything if we were just to begin to talk about how good God is and what he's done for us. That, that's word of mouth. When I was growing up, um, I was about six or seven years old, and we were on our way home from church. We lived about six minutes from church. And I remember my dad said, well, he preached a little long today. We went, I think, to 1203, and that wasn't good, okay? Uh, so we went to 1203, and my mom said something about some lady in church, did you see what she was wearing? And then somebody in the car said something about somebody who sang the special that day, and they were a little bit off. I'm six or seven years old, and I didn't know what to say, but I said, why do we go to that church? There was a hand that came flying in the back seat at that point uh, to, to, to tell me to hush. But see, that's it, isn't it? If we would begin to say so and talk about how good God is and not how bad everything else is, it would absolutely change us. Because it tells us in Romans one twenty one, what does it tell us there? That, that, that our, a thankful heart will change our thinking and will change our hearts. There's this verse in, in Luke, the ninth chapter in verse 26. I, I want you to hear it. It says, whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and the holy angels. Let me read that to you again. I want you to let it sink in a little bit. Whoever's ashamed of me and my words, that means we wouldn't be willing to say so. We wouldn't be willing to talk about how good our God is. We wouldn't be willing to tell our story. The Son of Man, when Jesus returns, will be ashamed of them and when He comes in His glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Do you catch that? That's why it's so important to say so. Because the last thing I want for me is when my Lord returns is for him to be ashamed of me. But this is what I believe. That if we truly understand and know who God is... There is no way we'd be ashamed. So that was the first two verses in Psalm 100. It was all about saying so. It was all about shouting and worshiping and praising and thanking. And so that's where we begin. But the real key is that we know God. And that's in verses 3 and 5 of Psalm 100. And he says, know that, know that the Lord is God, and then he gives us some reasons that we are to know that the Lord is God. I would sum it up this way. You've heard this before. God is good. God is great. Anybody heard that before? Anybody said that prayer when you were young? Absolutely. You know what I'm talking about. Now, now, in, in the psalm, the psalmist writes it his backwards. He goes, God is great first, and then God is good. But, but that's what he really gets to. And let me tell you, the first thing he says is God is great. And he gives us two important reasons why God is great. The first one is that God is the creator. God created us is what it tells us in verse 3. Now, i I got to gotta tell you, uh, I'm going to step on some toes here. And, and I really don't care. I, I, uh, I, I'm just going to tell you, if you believe in the evolution junk that is out there, what you do at that point is this is you take God off of the throne of creator and you give him no longer the authority to tell us what to do. But if God is the creator, okay, can I tell you what? He has every right to tell us what to do. He's given us an owner's manual. And the world is in a mess today simply because of this. I want you to understand this. Because we dethroned God as creator and we stopped listening to him. If we know God, we understand that He created us. And if we know God, then we're going to praise and thank Him. Yesterday, I got to go on a drive to to LaGrange, Georgia. And and, and on the way, I tell you what, the leaves were beautiful. And that was a time to praise God. I'm thankful I have a a sunroof in my car, okay? But because that was a place that I need to praise God. I saw some beautiful sights. And and then we're over on West Point Lake. and, And I tell you what, it was a time to praise God because He created that. And we need to thank Him. But the second thing that happens here is, is that He sustains us. He said that we are His people and that we are the sheep of His pasture. Okay? And exactly what that means is that He sustains us, He takes care of us. And, and, and we've got to remember this. Colossians one seventeen. It tells us in Colossians 1.17, it's an incredible little verse. It says that He holds all things together. That's God. So if God, if Jesus Christ removed their power right now, you know what I'd be preaching to? A pile of molecules on the floor because we would just fall apart. And and, and science will even tell you they don't know what holds an atom together. But I do. It is our God. And, and, And if he removes his power. And so that means that we've got to praise him because every single day he takes care of us. I have a theory. This is my theory. In in this Thanksgiving season, this thanks living season, this is my theory. That if you begin to thank God, or if you begin to say thank you for anything, can I tell you what? It's always going to end up, if you extrapolate it out to the end, to God, for example. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have Thanksgiving dinner. You're going to have this scrumptious turkey, and you're going to have all this good food. You're going to have sweet potatoes, and if you put enough stuff on them, they'll actually taste good. And and it's going to be incredible. And, And so what do you do after the meal? You say, thank you. Say thank you, mom, or dad, or whoever cooked the turkey. Thank you, Jesus. We're getting to that one, okay? Okay? But then I start thinking, okay, well, was it really mom that, that did the food? No, 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 I gotta run down here to the street. I gotta go, thank you, Kroger. And then I think, hold on, how did that food get there? And I go, thank you, truck driver. But how did the truck driver get the food? So I go and I say, thank you, farmer. And then, where do I go? Thank God. I believe that when we look at anything that we have, if we take it to the end, it always will lead us back to God. So, when we get to being thankful, let's always ask, where did it actually come from? The second thing, that was God is great. The second thing is God is good. God is good, and he gives us two reasons there. Uh, The first thing that he says is is that his love endures forever. i got to look you in the eye right now, and I I want every single one of you to hear this. Every single one of you need to know this. God absolutely loves you, and nothing will ever change that. It doesn't matter what you do or where you go or what you've done or how many times you've done it. God is going to love you. It's going to endure forever. You may mess up royally. You may do all sorts of crazy things, but God is going to love you. You can't do anything that will cause him to love you less, and you can't do anything that's going to cause him to love you anymore. He loved you so much that he gave his son, Jesus Christ, and his love endures forever. Amen? Okay, that's what we have to get in there. And I am thankful for that love because I mess up royally a lot of times. But he has never changed it. He's always been there. The second thing is is his faithfulness. His faithfulness is eternal. God will always be there. If God said it, he's going to do it. If God has it in his heart, it's going to happen. Because he is always faithful and he will not let me be here by myself. He stands with me and guides me every day and is moving in that way. So do you get the idea here? That if you know God, you surely wouldn't be ashamed of him. You wouldn't be ashamed of his love. You wouldn't be ashamed of his faithfulness. You wouldn't be ashamed of his power because he created the whole earth. And you surely wouldn't be ashamed uh, of the fact that every single day he keeps you alive. He supplies you with air. He supplies you with water. He supplies you with food. And I got to tell you, at that point, the one thing that we got to do is once we know him, we're going to thank him. It's that simple. It's that simple. Uh, Philippians. Chapter 3 and verse 8, this is, this is what it says. And this is Paul talking. He says, What is more, I consider everything lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. That's it. There is nothing that compares. And if you know God, if you know Jesus Christ, you're going to be thankful. Third thing. This is verse 4. This is an incredible verse here. Romans 121 We can take care of our our dark thinking. We can take care of our our dark hearts and our futile thinking. But in in verse 4, this this is what it reminds us, is that we can enter God's presence. And how do we enter God's presence? With thanksgiving and praise. How do we enter God's presence? With thanksgiving and praise. It tells us in there is that we we open His gates with thanksgiving and we enter His courts with praise. Do you realize that what you were doing earlier as we began to sing, as we began to to honor God, that that, that it was simply this? We were going into His presence. And that is absolutely amazing that we can do that. And how can we do that? By thanking Him and by praising Him. In fact, what's going to happen today when you leave is you're going to get a key with a little tag on it. And what it says there is praise and thanksgiving. Can I tell you what that is? That's the key that unlocks the gate that gets you into the courts of uh, uh, of God. You got that? How are you going to get in to the gate? And how are you going to get into the courts of God? Praise and thanksgiving. That's it. Right there. And that's, that can be a bookmark. You can put that someplace to remind you of that. But you know where it begins? With this whole idea of gratitude. I can walk into the presence of God. Let me tell you what I do. Every single day, every single morning, I get up and I do GROW. Okay? GROW is my, my early morning uh, ritual that I have. The G stands for gratitude. What am I thankful for? And that's when I enter into God's presence. The R is a review of the day before. What happened yesterday? Well, what was good yesterday? What was bad? You say, where did I mess up? Oh, is what are my objectives for the day? And I take them before God because I've entered into his presence. And the W is where am I going to need wisdom as a pastor, as a father, as a husband? And I simply ask. But, But I want to go back to that gratitude. Every single morning, I'm writing down things that I'm thankful for. Let me tell you what I was thankful for today. I was so thankful for getting to go to LaGrange, Georgia yesterday because my grandkids live in LaGrange, Georgia. (laughs) <laughs> and that, that was absolutely incredible to go there. And, and you know, I, I I was so grateful that it was a safe trip. I didn't have a wreck, okay? I, I, I'm just going to tell you, I, I was grateful for that because you and I both all know people that didn't make it back from a trip, correct? Yeah. So I was grateful for that. Got there, and I got the hugs from the grandkids. I got to see my son and my, my daughter-in-law, and it was incredible. I, I'm just going to tell you, what a, what a great time. And and, and, and and then on top of that... You're not going to believe this. You're not going to believe this. They have an incredible house. It actually has running water and toilets inside and heat and cooling. When I'm in Nepal, we don't have that. And you know what? I was so thankful. I was just thinking I could be going someplace that didn't have those things. And, and by the way, it took us two hours and 45 minutes to get there. It's about 90 miles And I've been places where it takes you two to three hours to go five and six miles. I was pretty thankful for the road yesterday. And you know what? I was really thankful when we got home. Because, I don't know if you guys know this, Kathy and I have a house. And it has running water. It is incredible. And and toilets that flush, and that is magnificent. And I, you see, when we begin to be thankful and we thank God for what we have, It brings us into the presence of God, and nothing could be better. This is what happens when you step into the presence of God. It absolutely changes you, absolutely changes you. I want you to hear what happened to Moses. He was in the presence of God. Exodus, the 34th chapter and verse 29, when Moses came down from Mount Sinai with two tablets, he'd been up on the mountain with God. Okay? And he had gotten the Ten Commandments, and he's bringing these two, two, two stone tablets down. It says, with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. Are you with me here? He glowed. He glowed. <laughs> I mean, he was radiant. In fact, for a while he put a veil over because people just couldn't look at him. I mean, his, his face was radiant with God. Why? Because he had been in the presence of God. And you know what? You and I can go into the presence of God through thanksgiving and praise. And this is what I'll tell you. If we'll go there, that it will change us. It will change that futile thinking in in our darkened hearts. We learn that in Romans 121. And in, in, in Psalm 100 and verse 4, it tells us that we can go into the presence of God with thanksgiving and praise. Imagine with me for just a second. Imagine we got rid of all the complainers at church. Probably a lot less people, right? (laughs) Just imagine. But what we had were people that had been in the presence of the living God. They had used the key. They had unlocked the gate and walked into the courts of God. And they're in His presence And they walk into these doors on Sunday morning and their faces are glowing because they have been with God. And they're actually excited about singing about His love endures forever. His mercy endures forever. I mean, they're excited. They can't stand still. Why? Because they've been changed because they're in the presence of the living God. And how did they get there? By praise and thanksgiving. And you you get a picture. I I would tell you what, if that were to happen in all the churches, if the complaining was to stop and we began to thank God and praise Him for what He has given, I will tell you what, next Sunday churches would be packed and we would have to find more places to put more people. Why? Because people had entered into the presence of God and they would have been radiant with Him and people would want some of that. It's that simple. So all I'm calling you to do today is in this season of thanksgiving, is to enter into the presence of God with your praise and thanksgiving. Unlock the gate, walk in, and enjoy the presence of the living God, and He will change you. If you've got a hard heart, darkened thinking, can I tell you what that can change when you praise and honor Him? Would you pray with me? Father, your word is so clear that uh, praise and thanksgiving brings us right into your presence. And so, Father, I, I just simply ask that today, in these next few moments, that you and I would come face to face because I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. And I'm praying that same thing for every person in this room. That in these next few minutes as we praise, as we thank, as we honor you, that lives will be changed because they have seen the living God. They, they know that you are the king of all and that you hold all in your hands. And so, Father, I'm asking today that as we sing, that as we understand who you are, and we thank you, Father, that you would change us in ways that we wouldn't even begin to dream of. Father, in these next few moments, work in our hearts. Work in our hearts. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Psalm 22 and verse 3 says, God inhabits the praises of His people. Can you say that with me? God inhabits the praises of His people. In one version, it says God is enthroned by the praises of His people. What we're going to do right now, folks, is we're going to we're gonna put God on His throne. And for these next few minutes, we're going to worship Him. You can thank Him. You can come forward. We've got places where you can kneel. We'll pray with you, whatever needs to happen. But what's going to happen in these next few minutes, if you will praise Him, and if you will thank Him, you will step into His presence. And If you step into His presence, I will make you this promise. If you see Him, you will be changed. Psalm 22.3, God inhabits the praises of his people. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at